I think the relationship between a four and beauty is interesting because we are either immersed in it or we lose it completely. Hey, hey, friends. Welcome back to Grace and Growth. I'm your host, Balen Gad, and you were just listening to a little snippet from my conversation with Enneagram 4, Alex Hofer. Alex is probably one of the smartest people that I know. I am always learning from him, usually new vocabulary words. In the conversation you're about to hear, we talk a little bit about everything from quantum physics to the definition of beauty to the melancholy before. I really learned a lot. And with that, here's my conversation with Alex. Hey guys, I'm here with um, Enneagram 4, Alex Hofer. Yeah, Alex, I will let you introduce yourself. Hi, I'm Alex. I'm a rising sophomore at University of Georgia. I'm an entertainment and media studies and English double major. Um, something that's interesting about me, I guess, that um, I'm half Malaysian. So I was born in Singapore. I lived in Southeast Asia for the first 11 years of my life. And I am a type 4 wing 3. Very cool. Um, so the first question that I like to start off with is, how did you know you were an Enneagram 4? What was it about the 4 that you were like, yep, that, that's my type? Yeah, so it was kind of interesting because, well, like I said, I'm a, I'm a wing 3. So the first time I took the test, it actually told me I was a 3. And I guess the, the reason I took the test is because the Enneagram was sort of this passing fad that was going through my school at the time, my grade. My grade was really small. I went to a really small uh, charter school, so there were only 34 kids, and most of them were girls, so you can imagine how uh, that would have been like, what kind of trends there were. And the Enneagram was one of those trends. So I guess in typical four fashion, I was the last one to, to hop on that train. So we were in physics class, Mr. Hyju's physics class, and they convinced him to let me take the test on his computer once we were done with class, so I took it there. And I guess it had something to do with my uh, mental state, I don't know, being around people and thinking in three-ish ways. But, well, it told me I was at three. And I guess it's also that cheaper free online test instead of <laughs> telling you, you know, what your um, motivations are for your behaviors. They just analyze your behaviors and not really the motivations behind them. So, But it wasn't until a couple of weeks later when, because I was a freelance videographer in high school, and so there was a mother of one of the kids at the school hired me to film an Enneagram lesson because she herself was an Enneagram expert who, like, gave these lessons to people on how to use the Enneagram and, like, incorporate it into their lives and stuff. And so she was talking about different types and I was just sitting there behind the camera, you know, kind of half listening. And then when she starts talking about the four, you know, she like this, this category called the romantic. I was immediately drawn to the name. I don't know. It sounds kind of cool being a romantic, like on the Enneagram Institute website, it's called the individualist. Doesn't sound as cool, but, um, you know, she starts talking about, the expressiveness, the kind of, the, the 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 melancholy. I remember she talked about that a lot, how it was really important to, to the way that 
fours acted and, and carried themselves and how they kind of enjoy occupying this space that a lot of people kind of shun because you know, it's not like, you, you know, when people think of happiness, it's like you're blind to, to darker things and it's like complete control, complete access to like goodness and beauty and stuff. And if sadness is the opposite, it's like feeling no control and only having access to like, or maybe better way to word that is, you know, sadness is absence of beauty and love and, and all that, that kind of stuff. Melancholy is this kind of beautiful state in between where, you know, you're not, because happiness is in its own way kind of blindness, right? You're blind to loss and dark things and sadness is it's being blind to, to good things. And so that space in between melancholy is where you can kind of see both directions calmly and rationally, but you're still in touch with your emotions and like you're still conscious of, of beauty and truth and all that stuff. It's, it's, it's like a very beautiful place yeah i think if you think about it and so yeah i think that's definitely i think cool how like fours have that i don't think like other times don't have that but i think fours are more in tune with that like for me that's definitely something i'm not in tune with i'm like optimism happiness all the time and like we've talked about how like you don't like the word negative emotions Mm -hmm. because like of what they imply and like i i I think I agree because like, I don't think there are negative emotions. I just think there are bad ways to respond to your emotions. Yeah. 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 So, I mean, it's very easy when like melancholy in excess, it becomes melodrama, you know, is how I I heard one person put it. And it's definitely like an excess of anything is a bad thing. That's why the word excess is like synonymous with vice, but I mean, that's that's the part of, of the work that we have to do in living in order to not, like, be swallowed by the void of self that I think fours have a, a unique propensity to do. So mm-hmm. it's something you have to remain conscious of. I think for me, again, I don't... I think so, some people in your other episodes talked about this, how the way we respond, the way the way we shape, the way we are, our personalities are given mm-hmm. like dispositions. It may look different from other people than it is for me, even though we come from the same place. But for me, that means I channel it into artistic fields, like my, my filmmaking hobbies, my ambitions, so when you, I don't know, that, that propensity to be buried in thought and emotion, if you channel that into something beautiful, a craft, then that beauty will kind of return to you and it returns you to other people in a way. So instead of being buried in yourself, you can channel it and give it to other people. I really like that. Yeah. I yeah I really like that um I I wanted to also know like was there anything about the four that you were like I can't relate to or yeah so 
Oh, it's it's interesting because the way there are a lot of factors about our environments which shape which shape the way that we um shape these different aspects of our personalities and I think um in a lot of descriptions of the four that you can find online in different places they talk about this um tendency to be over dramatic and like melodramatic and, you know i watch some youtube videos where like girls are talking about it and they're always portrayed as these like weeping nobody understands me kind of thing which i'm like <laughs> ah, i don't know i'm not really like that i don't i don't pour my woes onto other people i guess that's my tendency to withdraw instead but i think i was thinking about it it's a big factor of of us shaping the way that we react to our dispositions like i was talking about earlier is is societal convention and i think the the male four is a bit different from the female four in that you know males haven't always been allowed to to kind of vent emotion in the same way that women do mm-hmm. to to their friends yeah. and stuff and so now i didn't really and i didn't really i'm not gonna i was about to say i didn't really vibe with that i'm not gonna say that <laughs> <laughs> please say that what? okay fine i guess you could just leave that in yeah so i didn't really vibe with it i mean i'm not i'm not a super melodramatic Nobody understands me. Please listen to my sorrows kind of thing. Like, <laughs> I'm more prone to get in my head about it, you know, figure what's wrong with it, mm-hmm. f- figure out what's wrong with me that put me in this state, and then mm. and then return to people, I guess, is important to realize I had to, to learn how to do that, that every time I withdraw because... I do need to do that sometimes. I do it with the intention of returning and hopefully mm-hmm. with something beautiful to give. Like, I don't know. I don't write poetry that much, but, you know, you know what I mean. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, it, I I feel like you kind of, you're kind of touching on it with like the withdrawn versus like, like going back to people. Um, so that, um, makes me like, I, I wanted to ask you, what does a healthy version of you as a four look like? And then what does an unhealthy version of you look like? Yeah. So I think an unhealthy four, and I've been here, we just get, when the melancholy comes, we don't escape mm. and it buries us and we get swallowed by ourselves by our own thoughts and emotions and we just withdraw and it turns into this very misanthropic spite it's like just people aren't good and Mm -hmm. we shouldn't be around them and it's really dangerous and it's kind of interesting that so Given that that kind of spite that we are prone to, we really kind of just have to catch it early. 
and be careful not to be buried in it. And that propensity to melancholy that we have use that state as, as a place to be conscious of beauty and truth, that sort of thing. And then do something that will capture it. Basically for me, that could look anything like writing or, or drawing. I do both of those things. I, I think I've talked with you um, before about how different art forms to me have different yeah. functions. Like, Dance tends to be um, one of the more liberating ones. To me, we actually met in salsa club, so, and I did I did hip hop dance in high school. I always viewed dance as a way out. I mean, not always, because there was a time as a kid where the the thought of dancing terrified me. But in high school, you know, in this really small environment with a lot of friends, I think it was really good for me because. I had time to sort of um, linger at, at the the outer rims of the show, social sphere and kind of figure myself out. But when I needed to, I could return to them and they would always be there to like accept me and help me and stuff. So I think that's another um, important thing that a force should do. Like yeah. different websites talk about how we search for, I don't know, especially in romantic contexts, we search for the one, the one who understands me, that kind of thing. But I think it's also important to realize that the one who understands you might, you know, it might not necessarily be a romantic partner. It could just be like three super close friends who you would die for and who would die for you and like yeah. deeply understand you. And those people are really good to have and we really need them. And they will help you kind of turn to the um, like recognition of beautiful things and stuff. I feel like I wandered a lot in saying that, but I was talking about dance earlier. So like dance helps me feel liberated from these different thoughts. And my friends help me get there. Um, drawing and listening to music is another one of the more um, introspective, I think, reflections, I guess art forms you talk a lot about the concept of like beauty this is out of curiosity like what is that like as a four I don't know if that's a four thing or like I don't know if fours are more drawn to like like what what does that mean to you to you I guess because like I feel like there's so many things that are like beautiful in the world like a sunrise and like a cloud like I just I'm learning that like I just always want to be in a state of contemplating beauty in whatever form that is like reading I love reading because like words are beautiful or like being outside because nature is beautiful and so Mm -hmm. just like literally just a random question I think the relationship between a four and beauty is interesting because we are either immersed in it or we lose it completely when we get so caught up in, in like I talk I talked a bit about the void of self earlier, basically like these solipsistic tendencies, I guess, to like your your feelings and emotions and the blotting everything else out. 
and we lose the beauty that, that we need in life. And I guess the definition of beauty, if that's what you're asking, I'm not. That's something I've been thinking. I don't, hmm. I don't really know if I'm asking for a definition, but I don't know if beauty has a definition. Like, how do you even define it? Well, I've been thinking. I've been thinking about that. Like, I've been reading a bit about, uh, this is weird, but like, I've been reading about theoretical physics. I have too. I've been listening to YouTube videos. I think it's so interesting. You have? Yeah. Yeah. So do you know the second law of thermodynamics? Nope. <laughs> it's, it's basically, it's entropy that, that systems move to disorder, right? That's the natural way of the universe as it expands. If you have a box full of particle A and another box full of particle B and you put them in the same box, then those A and B particles will move in and out of each other. You know, they'll just get messier and messier, that kind okay. of thing. But, but the second law is interesting in that it is still theoretically possible for in some infinite small infinitesimally small moment in history that those particles will become organized again. And I think that's what life is. And I think that's what beauty is, right? Those moments where we kind of defy entropy, I guess. Creation is that. Like, we have to put energy into making something beautiful. Gardens are, like, the inverse direction of entropy. Instead of, you know, jungles reclaiming, we push it back and we we grow things. So maybe, well, it's kind of a weird scientific definition of, of <laughs> beauty, but that's what I've been thinking of lately. I, I like that. Yeah, I never really tried coming up with definition. Or a scientific definition of beauty, but I like that. I I think one of the things that a lot of the fours that I know have, like, a really unique ability to do is to, like, because, I guess, they have so much introspection, like, they're able to, um, like, create so many, create beauty, like, the way you were talking about, like, creating, creating. Um, and a lot of them tend to be artists. Um and so um, I wanted to know, like, out of all the amazing qualities that fours have, what are you most proud of about being a four? I think it is my artistic versatility. Like, there are a lot of different fields of art that, that I am interested in and that I um, practice. It's like dance is one of them. I do hip-hop, salsa, tango. I do martial arts, karate, taekwondo, muay thai. I, I draw and I, I write and I'm a screenwriter. I'm also in the videography, that kind of thing. And so like that would probably be what I like most about myself. That that sort of that even a need I would say. Like I need to create, I need to channel this mm-hmm. this this propensity to to observe and think about myself and beautiful mm-hmm. things like channel that into the act of creation and it is really good for us i think yeah yeah 
Very, yeah, cool. Um, I also wanted to ask you because I think it's so important that we love people in a way that they receive love. And I don't really know if I can generalize for all fours, um, but I wanted to know for you, like what is, what do you need people to say to you or do for you that makes you feel really appreciated and seen and, and valued? I don't usually um, like these, those really like campy motivational Instagram quotes <laughs> that you always see, but there was one, there was one the other day I saw like be the reason that someone believes in good people and for some reason that really struck a chord and I think that's what I look for in people like goodness because I don't know if I see inconsistent personalities and hedonistic lifestyles all the time then I get I start thinking about like the nature of humanity and this kind of thing and then I feel well, sad and bitter and it puts me in a pretty misanthropic place. It's not a fun place to be in. And so I need to find people who teach me that it is possible to be good in this world. And that in itself is a beautiful thing and it will reorient you to to see. I guess I'm using that word a lot, aren't I? Like beauty. I mean... <laughs> I guess that's it then. Like, that is the word I'd use, you know, in talking about force. It's what we care a lot about. It's what makes it all worth it, I think. And so people, good people who remind you of that, that's, that's what I look for. All right, you guys, I hope you learned more about the Enneagram 4s. I know I am so grateful for them and all that they are constantly teaching me. That is all that I have for this episode, and I will see you in the next one with our Enneagram 5s, The Investigators. Bye. Bye.